This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and in a moment we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny SmartPoint. JohnnySmartPoint.com is his website. We'll get his take on the state of real estate in Vancouver. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news from the past week. Billionaire Elon Musk says he may need surgery before he can stage a charity cage match against Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. That's pending the results of an MRI he was having on his neck and upper back earlier this week. The two billionaires are actually both martial artists. And they agreed to fight in late June when Musk responded to a tweet about Meta preparing to release a new Twitter rival called Threads. And Threads, as you probably know, started out really strong earlier this year. Millions of people signed up to use it. That's as Twitter kind of struggles under its new name, X. The problem for Threads, though, is that despite a lot of people signing up, Not as many have actually been using it, posting stuff, and engagement, as they call it, is what they need. Those numbers have been very disappointing of late. Meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg is being accused of abusing his company's dominant position on the social media landscape in Canada and playing fast and loose with competition rules. If you're using Facebook and Instagram, you've probably noticed you aren't getting news in your feeds anymore. And a bunch of groups are urging the Competition Board of Canada to look into it. Those groups include the Canadian Association of Broadcasters, the CBC, and News Media Canada. Zuckerberg's company, Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, has started blocking news as a response to a new Canadian law forcing it and Google to pay publishers for content that they link to or repurpose. The broadcasters and publishers say it's only fair to pay the people who create the content in the first place, and they want the Competition Bureau to make meta reverse course. Walt Disney CEO Bob Iger is vowing to push Disney Plus into the profitable range. And that means, you guessed it, the prices will be going up. Disney announced this week a planned October price hike on its ad-free Disney Plus plans. The increases will raise your monthly cost of ad-free Disney Plus by $3, or roughly 27%. The move is following Disney's release of mixed earnings for its fiscal third quarter. It reported a substantial net loss. The first batch of tickets for Taylor Swift's 2024 Toronto shows went up for grabs Monday morning with 31 million people applying for pre-sale access. And obviously those 31 million people are not just from Canada or just from Toronto. They're from around the globe, including, I presume, a lot of people from the lower mainland as well. Anastasia Kunteris and her best friend, were some of the lucky few who got tickets. She says they waited 45 minutes in an online queue to access the Ticketmaster website to buy the tickets after they previously registered for the verified fan presale code. Kunturis says they secured two VIP tickets for $750 each, noting other ticket prices ranged from $150, those were the cheap ones, 
to $2,000. And it's worth pointing out that the Ticketmaster service fee on some of those tickets was $90. That's just the service fee. Taylor Swift announced last week that she will play six shows at Rogers Centre. The only dates on her Canadian tour. Tickets are already up on the scalping websites, ranging from about 1000 bucks all the way to just under $30,000. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, we're going to talk real estate and how this summer is going real estate-wise. We'll hear from John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. And that's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to take a look at how the summer is treating the real estate market in the lower mainland. And that's why we have our man on the ground in the trenches of the Vancouver real estate market in all the different areas of the Lower Mainland. Our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty, you know him as Johnny Smart Point. As always, you can find him online, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also phone him 604-612-0080. Hello, John, how's the summer treating you? Oh man, it's going great so far, Martin. How about yourself? Oh, it's really, really good. And I guess it must be a bit of a challenge when you're working in in the real estate field because, you know, we're really, I, I, I think it's fair to say we're in the dog days of summer right now. And you are you finding that a lot of people, they just don't want to be bothered with dealing with either buying or selling real estate. They want to save it till September or, or are some people just, we got to do it now. You know, interesting, that's that's probably one of the hot topics right now that I'm talking to people about because I find it's really a mixed bag. Um, if you look statistically at the month of August, especially the, the end of August, to say the second, the last couple of weeks of August, it's one of the slowest times in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley for real estate activity. And, I, you, know, I, you know, I think that's pretty intuitive. People understand that there's a lot of holidays booked for those times, weddings, out-of-town trips. So, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, I, I find that, you know, in terms of timing, you know, I kind of liken it to, you know, when the government wants to put out a a press release that's not maybe going to make them look very good or might be bad news. They sometimes try to bury it in that Friday afternoon press release when nobody's paying attention. And in some ways, you know, the second half of of August is the Friday afternoon of the, you know, the real estate market. So, (laughs) you know, I think that, you know, some people I'm talking to right now, especially people who say to me, John, you know, we want to sell. We don't, we're not in a hurry because we don't know you know where we're going to go yet we we haven't found that landing spot in terms of where we're going to where we're going to buy and and there are people who want to sell their property and repurchase well you want to coordinate that so that you sell at a time when there's some inventory to look at as well and to people like that i'm sort of suggesting hey not my decision but think of it this way you know maybe we want to introduce your property when the full audience is back and that might be labor day and after and by the way the next show i'll do it will be september 2nd and we'll talk about that then but for other people, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I, there are people out there who are maybe looking to get in, uh, buy a property quick before their interest rate guarantee expires. Because let's face it, affordability is a big part of this market. And if you have an interest rate guarantee that's maybe half a percent lower than what you'd get today, you're probably going to try to close on a property in that time. So if a seller says, hey, John, you know, I want to get this done, sell it quick. I don't need to figure out where I'm going to go after 
you know, August might not be a bad time to be on the market because we do have some lower inventory in some segments. Um, and uh, buyers that want to complete are looking, looking for properties. Overall, I can tell you this, Martin. Um, I'm a guy who is generally quite active on my phone and email. And, um, you know, during busy times, I can't even tell you how many phone calls I might get in a day. And right now it's just down to a trickle. So I would say timing wise for them, for the average seller, who's looking to maximize the sale price of their home and wants to coordinate with the purchase, probably be better off getting your house ready in August for after the long weekend. And then in my opinion, the audience in terms of the, the prospective buyers are back in full force. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess, uh, for people who are thinking about selling a property, it's a good idea to have a kind of a plan and sort of play the long game instead of just suddenly, you know, calling you up or going to johnnysmartpoint.com and saying, I want to sell it now. You probably want to have a bit of a plan about how you get the property ready and know exactly when you're going to go onto the market and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, I think that's an ideal situation to be in. However, you know, I can even tell you from personal experience, I've been in the, the property I'm in for 18 years. Uh, and when I saw it uh, and recognized that it had to be acted on quick, you know, I just went forward with it. And, you know, it's a fantastic property. I'm very happy in terms of our family growing up here. I'm very happy with the future uh, development potential of the property. And it's a great move for me. But again, going back 18 years ago, I ended up putting the house I was in on the market with virtually no planning because I had a, a good reason to do that. So there are good reasons for both sides of that, Martin. Some people call me and say, Hey, John, we've managed to secure a property. We've had our eye on for years and we want to sell. In that case, you know what? I rush into the situation. We do our due diligence. We come up with a plan and we execute it very quickly. And that's, that's one thing that, that I really like about the situation that I've set up for myself with my own team in terms of photographs and staging help and helping people getting ready and doing the Matterport tours and the floor plans and having the ability to publish listings directly. I can just get on my laptop once I have my brokerage approval and I can just publish a listing and have an MLS number within 20 minutes. So I've got a really quick turnaround time um, uh, if people need that. But again, it's nice to have a plan and that's probably the biggest thing I do for people really is in the initial stage. This is kind of like step one and step two. Step one is to kind of come up with a plan and give some good information and see what the client thinks. And then when that's approved, executing it, uh, you know, properly and efficiently and monitoring the feedback throughout that process would be step two. Then of yeah, course so offers. Yeah, that's the, the important thing. Um, and, and if you are thinking of uh, selling a property, whether you uh, want to jump in right now or maybe you're thinking in the next year or so, uh, talk to John. Uh, you can get a hold of John at, uh, go to his website, johnnysmartpoint.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y smartpoint.com. You can also send him an email. It's pretty easy to remember. John at johnnysmartpoint.com. His phone number is 604 612-0080. And when you talk about the timing of the market, I guess real estate is really uh, a really unique uh, thing in terms of buying and selling because usually, for the most part, when somebody buys a property, they are selling a property or vice versa. If, if a person is selling a property, they have to buy something else to live in. So I guess that creates, like you say, sometimes people just have to sell it right away. Other times people have the luxury of time to get it all organized. Yeah, that's right. And I, I deal with people on both sides of, of that situation. And, um, you know, another thing to really 
put a lot of consideration into right now is what would I call it? The macro environment of the real estate industry. In other words, uh, you know, if I meet with someone and they say, hey, John, you know, we want to downsize. We've got this house. We've been here for years. It's a fantastic spot, but our kids have moved away and we no longer need all of this space. Uh, we want something a little smaller. Maybe we'll move to a different community as well, close by. Uh, but gee, what do we do? Because we've been looking online at potential properties that might interest us. And we've seen a few, but we don't know. Should we list our house first and get some offer on our house and then kind of investigate where we're going to go? Or or should we find a house first and write an offer subject to the sale of our property here? Um, or would that be a better idea? And and, you know, I, get, I try to give people good advice when it comes to that. And back to the, this macro environment, I think it's really, you know, important to recognize that with interest rates having changed so much fairly quickly, we might be in a situation where we start seeing that delayed reaction in terms of market response. Because, you know, if you sell a house first and then you have to buy later, uh, that that's a good advantage as a buyer. You can go out in, in a market where if there's enough inventory of available properties that you like, you're kind of the king of the market, especially if you're downsizing, you don't need financing. You can write some very um, straightforward offers and probably negotiate quite well. Um, but if the market is going to sag, for instance, which so far it has not in terms of statistical prices and that sort of thing, then it may be, you know, certain things might be risky. So we have to look at the whole environment and figure out where's pe where people's comfort level are. Uh, you know, we need to look at the tools in the toolbox, if you will. If someone's coordinating a purchase and a sale, they might have financial resources or equity that allow them to hold two properties for a period of time. And then if that's the case, we might want to discuss whether or not that's a good idea within their overall plan. So knowing your options is going to be key. Having a good feel for what you think the market will be doing in the next three to six months is also an important part of the process. And then, of course, as always, having a house that's prepared for the market and, uh, you know, where you've got an idea of price so that you're going to enter the market at a price that gives you a chance to be successful. Having those preparation items out of the way uh, are also really key to whichever uh, route you decide to take. Yeah, and that's interesting, the idea of uh, sort of buying into a market that might be slow or selling into a market that might be slowing and then having a little extra time to buy and that timing is good. How often when you make deals, do do the deals include uh, the person who's selling the house being able to stay in that house for, say, an extra two months or three months or even, even longer? Well, that's a good question as well. Um, when it comes to a seller staying in the house, you, you got to remember a seller can decide what offers to entertain and what terms to accept. So nobody's ever going to force a seller out of the house, you know, unless the offer is so good financially that a seller decides, hey, I can live with that. Uh, I find that in, in this kind of market where, um, again, inventory can be a little bit limited and choices on the buying side can be somewhat limited. I find that a lot of sellers will say, John, you know, I think what we want to do is, is get an offer and have a long completion date to give us some time. And, and one thing that's really ideal, uh, and this is, you know, I've, I've had this situation a couple of times with a couple of my sales is sometimes you find a buyer who is very flexible. They might say, hey, John, you know, we'll give your seller three months completion date. And I mean, here's something you can negotiate into a deal if the buyer is amenable to it. Uh, you can say that the seller... Uh, has the option to give within 30 days of the scheduled completion date to give notice to the buyer extending it another month. 
Uh, and then sometimes you'll even have buyers that are from out of town and staying with family and they'll say, hey, John, we really want this property. We're prepared to give you a long completion date. And if your clients, the sellers, find another house earlier than expected, we can even move those dates up. So uh, when, now I'm starting to get into the um, the ins and outs of writing offers on the buyer's side. But sometimes a buyer can present an offer that has flexible dates. And those can be really advantageous to a seller who doesn't know where they're going to go yet. So typically offers you know, on properties, whether you're buying or selling, come down to the big factors, which are the money and the dates. So um, these are the areas that tend to get focused on most. And if you're selling a property and you don't know where you're going to go yet, chances are you want to give yourself some time and flexibility on the other side, or maybe you've got a backup plan. So again, it gets once you get into the weeds uh, of these kind of discussions, you're really able to flush out options that are available to you as a seller. And when you understand your options and the tools in your toolbox, you can kind of uh, come up with a plan that, that suits your agenda. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's just more evidence why you need a really, really experienced realtor on your side who understands all these different options and everything. And and I guess in a market where, you know, even if sales are slowing, the inventory is very low. There aren't very many properties out there. So quite often buyers are competing to buy a property. And if you're, say, you're renting and then you're you're going to go from renting to, to buying something, you can rent for a, you know, you could rent for another six months. If you really want that property, you can sort of entice the, the seller by saying, you know, you can stay as long as you want, but I want that property. So, so it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting world out there and you need somebody like John Carlson on your side, John Carlson, Johnny smart point, Johnny J O H N N Y smartpoint.com. And if you go to his website, you can see everything that's going on there. Uh, you can see all his listings and you can uh, check out the, the commission structure and how he can possibly save you a lot of dough as well. If you want to give John a call 604-612-0080 or send him an email, John at Johnny com, And uh, this is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, the dog days of summer and how they affect the Vancouver and lower mainland real estate market and uh, how you can take advantage of these sort of slower times if you're a seller. And uh, we'll have more with John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, when we come back right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and we are looking at real estate and uh, real estate in the dog days of summer with John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online, as always, johnnysmartpoint.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, smartpoint.com. Uh, you can also send John an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com, 604-612-0080 is the number. And uh, as we were talking, John, August is traditionally a slow month, and uh, but there's really never a, a, a time when there's nothing going on in the real estate market. And it's probably always a good time if you have an eye to sell. So let's talk about perhaps somebody out there is 
has a property, maybe they're thinking about downsizing and they're trying to decide when, when is the good time to pull the trigger. But if they talk to you, you're not going to just sort of hustle them into selling it right away. I, I know from a fact, I know for a fact, because I've talked to so many of your clients and they always say they never felt rushed, but let's talk about how people can get ready to sell a property. Like what are, what's the first thing somebody should do if they're, you know, thinking of selling their property? Well, that's a good question, Martin. I, I think it will depend on the situation, but uh, the first thing that comes to my mind would be that, you know, uh, information and knowledge is power. So the more you can know, uh, the, the better off you are in terms of making decisions, whether that be timing or pricing or anything like that. But but just to start maybe from the very basics, you know, sometimes I'll get people call and say, you know, I'm not sure when I'm going to be ready. You know, come and talk to me. Tell me, you know, what, you know, let's see if you're a good fit for me. Let's see how well we get along and let's see what advice you give me. So, you know, sometimes I'll come into a house and, you know, a lot of this is probably stuff that people have heard before, uh, but I might have a few insights. But if you're going to get your house ready for the market, uh, know, first of all, you know, what your strengths are. Why did you buy the house? What was it that appealed to you? And whatever those strengths are, make sure that you lead with those. And so oftentimes when I'm asked to do an evaluation, I'm asking more questions than they are, quite frankly, where, you know, I'll right. say, well, why did you buy the house? What was it? And they might say, well, you know, we were going to UBC and we were right on the transit route and it was right by, and I thought, okay, great. I start to identify, you know, what kind of buyers we're likely looking for. Or people might say, you know, we've got the best sun deck with the view of the mountains. Whatever it is that distinguishes you from your home, make sure you play up those strengths. You know, if you're playing a card game and you get dealt certain cards, well, that's the hand that you play, right? You don't try to play some other hand. So the same thing in real estate. Know what you're what you're offering the market and then make sure that shows. If you're offering, say, a newer condo onto the market, well, there's a lot of newer condos out there. And what do newer condos want? Well, they want that kitchen sparkling. It's got to be like new. So condition inside those four walls is going to be key. And then we're talking about amenities. Maybe you've got three or four parking spaces. I showed a client, a, I've never seen it before, a condo that had four parking spaces. And I thought, not my listing, but what an interesting marketing piece there that's, that's fantastic for the right people who maybe have family with them or it was a three bedroom unit. Maybe had, you know, maybe they've got two or three kids living there. But first of all, understand what you bring. And then, you know, I like to use this expression because when I was new in the business, I remember a trainer taught me this and he said, he said to me, that's why they polish the apples at Safeway, Johnny. And I thought, <laughs> you know, that is so yeah. true. You, But you don't want to try to make an apple an orange because that's not what it is, but you want to polish the apple that you have. So the obvious things would be presentation. If it's a house, you know, the coming in, what is the presentation like? Uh, you want to make sure things are, you know, uh, not too cluttered and you want to remove items that might not be necessary. And you want to make a space seem as bright and open and airy as possible. So I'm not a big believer in taking down family photos, unless there's things you don't want people to see. Uh, right. Some people think that's a big deal. I don't. But if things are obtrusive, uh, intrusive uh, might be a better word. If, 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 if they just detract from the overall feeling of a room or a property, chances are you might want to remove them. And then here's another bit, a little tip that, again, is common sense. But here's my feeling. If you're going to get your property ready and you're trying to figure out, gee, should I do this? Should I do that? Think of it this way. Why spend a dollar unless you're going to get more than a dollar back or solve a problem that's going to hold you back? In other words, I have people sometimes come to me and they say, you know, John, my, 
my house is 12 years old now and it's got the white cabinets or it's got the dark cabinets and the white cabinets are in now. Do you think I should change my cabinet doors or similar things with floors? And I'll say, well, you know, there's really nothing wrong with, you know, with your cabinet doors, but do you have a family member who can give you a discount of 50% in which case, you know, you might consider it, but quite frankly, you don't necessarily want to change things on a guess of what people might want. So another truism in real estate, and this is an old one, is, you know, don't try to be the answer to someone's prayers until you know what they're praying for. So in this market, <laughs> oftentimes, what people want is affordability and they want that location. So again, you've got your Apple. You want to polish that Apple and show it all of its best features so that can be picked out of the group of Apples, so to speak. Um, but you know, why Why change something if, if it's not an issue? Now, things like mold or bad smells or damage from pets, uh, you know, or if you have an otherwise nearly perfect house, but the carpets are stained, of course, you want to remove that obstacle where people are going to negotiate. Or at the very least, maybe you've got a couple of big dogs and the carpets aren't great, but why put new carpets in while the dogs are still there? So what you do is you quantify the problem. You go and get a quote, maybe a couple of different quotes with a decent quality carpet, and you, you, you even get a sample, perhaps. And that way, when you're on the market, you can do one of two things. You can lead with it and just say, hey, by the way, we'll put new carpets in, pick your pick your colors, you know, when this is new. Or you keep it in your pocket when that negotiation comes and someone says, well, we're cutting $10,000 off our office price offer price because it needs new carpets. You might at that point pull out your, you know, your information and say, well, actually, you know, we've got a quote, it's $4,800. And then you've quantified the issue. So there's all kinds of ways of looking at it. But the overall thing is, do you want your house to be appealing? You want to remove any obstacles that might prevent people from moving forward or that might give people an overall negative feeling about the property? And again, lead with your strengths, promote those and the right audience will uh, will approach. That is some great advice, John. I love that. John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. I love the idea of, uh, like, for example, the carpeting, because say you're negotiating with somebody. If you say, well, I'll throw in the carpeting, the $4,800 for carpeting, that in itself seems a lot more valuable than just uh, $10,000 cash off the price. It's, it's, a, it's a tangible thing that you're, you're giving them. And uh, I, I think that's a really interesting idea. And, you know, there's a little more to it than that as well, because if a place does need carpets, and again, pets, I have pets, I love, I'm not selling my house, I'm not worried about it. I've got mostly hardwood anyway, but I do see it quite often where people will say, you know, we do have two cats and two dogs and the carpets are getting a little older. And so oftentimes we'll just quantify that. Maybe we'll clean the carpets, but here's the thing, by 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 taking, um, you know, uh, by quantifying it and and basically taking it into your own hands and saying, hey, I understand this. And if you were to to lead out and say, hey, we will give you a credit on completion, you got to remember that a lot of buyers right now are struggling with affordability. So if I'm a buyer and I've got I've maxed every dollar I have in to make sure I got 20% down so I don't have to pay any CMHC fees, well, I don't have money for carpets or a new fridge with the broken handle door or some of these things. So by addressing that, you're kind of clearing the path forward and removing a psychological barrier for someone who's already maxed out because they've thrown everything they got at the deposit. And they're like, gee, can I really live with this house for another year to save up for new carpets? Well, guess what? You wouldn't have got that money anyways as a seller because the sellers are, the buyer's already budgeting that cost in, but you're removing the problem and you're making it financially easier. Other ways you can do it is you can credit a buyer on completion uh, just to make sure that they're you know, that they're not overextended. And, and this, all of this, again, Martin, goes back to what we were talking about earlier. 
an agent who has the ability and the wherewithal and the experience, I would suppose, to make sure you ask these questions and flush everything out in a negotiation when it comes to, you know, dealing with the other party doesn't mean you're telling the other side everything about your client, but the more you can find out about what issues are on the client's mind, the, the other side, the more you can solve problems. And then if you can communicate to your client solutions that work for them, that's how you put deals together you know, in a nutshell. And that's one of the things that experience allows you to do. That's why you need a pro like John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. Uh, you can uh, send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. 604-612-0080 is the number. Or just go to johnnysmartpoint.com, the website. And if you go to his website, you'll see some uh, some interesting listings. What have, what have you got up on your website these days? You know what? I hate to even announce this one because these are fantastic clients of mine <clears throat> who... Um, had a deal fall apart over financing. One of those classic situations where we're told, oh, everything's great. And then at the last minute, it doesn't work out. So I've got a house on 201 B Street in Langley. It's 1675 uh, you know, six bedroom plus den house, five, you know, two bedroom suite downstairs. It's in uh, Willoughby Heights. That's a good one to check out. Go take a look at that one because it's available again. Uh, I also have um, a new one coming up that'll be out in the next couple of days. Uh, it's a rancher townhouse in Maple Ridge. And it's in uh, Brandywine Estates. And people in that area will recognize that as a really good development for 55 and over. And this mm -hmm. is a, a rancher townhouse with a single garage. So no stairs, nobody above you, nobody below. You walk in, park your own car in your garage. You've got a driveway in front of that for second parking. Uh, private little, you know, small yard in the back. And this is going to be about the $650,000 range. So if that tweaks your interest, feel free to give me a call. That'll be up on my website within a few days. Ah, nice. Oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, so, so you're remaining very busy over the summer, <laughs> but, well, uh, I hope you're, you're getting a little bit of, uh, uh, rest and relaxation in over the August holidays. Do you mind if I address that actually? And for the listeners, I'm, you know, like anybody, I'm going to take some time off and August being a statistically slow month, uh, and having the, just the fact in the last six weeks, I've sold 10 listings. I'm, I'm kind of due for that. So, if anyone gives me a call, say between now and Labor Day, I'm going to be working the next week or so, but I'm going to be tailoring off my appointments, uh, you know, a little bit as I maybe make a few getaways. So if you want to call me or email me, you'll still get a response. Um, but we may end up scheduling a meeting a week or two down the road simply because I'm going to get refreshed and be ready to really hit it hard in, in, in September. And I know a lot of the other listeners out there would, you know, probably understand that being on holidays themselves. So I'm available. Uh, I can give some information. I can talk on the phone and I can even meet with you, but there are going to be times in the next few weeks where I won't be available and I'll have to just make an appointment a week or two down the road and, and we can go from there. Well, it seems fair. John Carlson, uh, well, uh, people can go to the website and they can see all the, the new listings. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. And you can also go and you have on the website the calculator that shows what a 2% realtor will charge in terms of commission. And uh, we don't have time to get into that. But uh, compared to the traditional commission structure, that could save you a lot of money. And uh, so if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com, you can see all of that. You can also give John a call, 604-612-0080. And you can also send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, you can you can uh, get a hold of John and find out. And John, thanks so much. Some great advice uh, for people who are getting their homes ready to sell. And uh, I, I want you to enjoy the rest of August. And I guess we'll see you in September. 
on on Vancouver Consumer and have a great rest of the summer. Yeah, looking forward to September 2nd. I'll be back on the program and all the best to you and the listeners out there. Looking forward to hearing from all of you. Right on. John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. This is Vancouver Consumer. And coming up, how are volcanoes impacting the climate more than you might think? And sometimes it's for the better, other times not so much. I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And when you think about the heat, the record temperatures we're seeing right across the planet, you probably think that the last thing we need is a volcano, hot lava. That can't help. But technically, and most of the time, volcanic eruptions actually help cool the Earth. Gases from the volcano can reflect solar radiation back up, and the volcanic ash also blocks a lot of the sun's energy. So volcanoes can actually help cool the Earth, except when they don't. Scientists are now saying that a volcano in Tonga that erupted last year may not be following these rules. Hunga Tonga was a big one with an explosive plume that reached more than 50 Ks into the sky. At the same time, much of the volcanic explosion was under the water, and that sent 40 million tons of water water vapor into our atmosphere, and that made it hotter. And like I say, volcanoes like, say, Mount Pinatubo in 1991 did actually cool the earth. Pinatubo was believed to have cooled the earth by a half a degree over the following year. But Hunga Tonga was different. The water vapor is believed to be trapping in the heat and making things warmer just by a fraction of a degree, two or three hundredths of a degree. But on our planet these days, a fraction of a degree matters. But still, we shouldn't be hoping for any big eruptions. Uh, Consider the most deadly volcano in recent memory. That one happened in 1815 in what is now Indonesia. Mount Tambura erupted and more than 100,000 people died. That mountain just blew apart. Uh, Lava and then tsunamis originally killed about 10,000 people, destroyed 35,000 homes. And then another 100,000 people died from starvation because of it in the decade that followed. This was 1815. So what's the one we should be worried about the most these days? Well, a lot of scientists are looking to Italy, the Campe Flegra. According to new research, the Campe Flegra supervolcano in southern Italy has become weaker, making it more likely to erupt. The last time it erupted was in 1538. They've been having tons of earthquakes there of late. And there's a little coastal town nearby called Pazuoli. And the ground there has lifted about 30, uh, 13 feet, 13 feet over the years. That's like the height of a double-decker bus. So the ground is actually lifting. And closer to home, there's always Mount Baker, just over the line in Washington State. 23 Ks from the Canadian border, to be exact. Mount Baker is an active volcano, though it's presently not showing any signs of activity, no flowing magma. The last time Baker had flowing lava from it was 6,700 years ago. So these volcanoes, they're very patient. They're playing the long game. 
And scientists say it's likely there will be an eruption of Mount Baker in the future, though. But they're pretty confident that the monitoring techniques that we have now will give us plenty of warning beforehand if Mount Baker ever blows. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. We're here every Saturday from 2 to 4. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho. And we'll see you next week. The news on CKNW is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.